I want you to turn this morning to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that your word is life itself. Lord, that you're the living bread, the living word, the living truth. And Father, as we behold you in your word, Lord, that we partake of the living word, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father, we thank you that we, as we fellowship in your word, we fellowship with you. And Lord, and we become more like you. Thank you, Lord, that we're changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord, even from faith to faith and glory to glory. And Lord, we purpose to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, and let's look in verse 11. The Bible says, but if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the not we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself, or as most translations say, Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Look in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And verse 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So this is the way that God intends for the New Testament believer to live. What is that? A Spirit-led life, Spirit-led living. You know, many people are seeking guidance in life, and they look for it in many different ways than the way that God actually said for us to do it. <clears throat> we are supposed to be led daily by the Spirit of God. Amen. If He indwells us on the inside, if you're born again, He indwells you. He lives on the inside. He's always seeking to give guidance to your inward man. He's always looking to give guidance. Many people look for it in a lot of different ways. Lord, if you could just, if you want me to do this, then, then just have two red cars come by my house. Lord, if you want this, just write us a message in the sky. Lord, if you want this, have so-and-so call me on the phone. Well, maybe they were just going to call you anyway. And so we need God's guidance daily. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Say that. The Lord is leading me on a daily basis. See, there is a higher way to live for us as believers. Better than just throwing dice. Better than just, you know, putting out a fleece. Lord, if you don't want me to do that, then shut the door. 
Now, if you've prayed like that, you know, God will help you even in our own ignorance. But as we read the word, and even, you know, sometimes we might just be hungry and we cry out and just say, God, and he has mercy on us. But the highest way is that we are led by the Spirit because, you know, people say, well, you know, Gideon in the Old Testament, he put out a fleece. Yeah, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit either. He didn't even know if it was God. And so we have a higher way to live. And so we, as we grow and develop, we don't want to be led by our senses. We don't want to be led by our feelings. If you were led by your feelings, who would have stayed home this morning? Honestly. Okay. Isn't it funny how Sunday mornings you get the sleepies? Well, but you, you persevere and you said, no, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to go be in the house of the Lord. And you came. You know, we're not supposed to be led just by people. We're not supposed to be led by money. We're not supposed to, you know, there's people that, are, you know, they'll go move across the country for $2 an hour more. Well, you know, when you get over there, you've got a lot more expenses maybe over there. <laughs> that $2 an hour is not going to help you. What if God gave you a, a raise right where you are? <clears throat> and so be led by the Holy Spirit in everything you do. The Lord might, on the other hand, the Lord say, hey, you go over there and you say, well, um, you know what? I'll be making less. Well, you know, the Lord will make up that too. It's, it pays to be in the right place at the right time. I've always, I heard a minister say this and it has always stuck with me. If you get out of your place, then you'll get out of your grace and you'll fall on your face. So, you know, the place God has for you is the place you ultimately want to be. That physical location, serving in a church, doing what God's called you to do, that's the place. And wherever that place is, is where grace, a grace deposit will be on your life. And with that grace, you'll flourish. Amen. Amen. I want to flourish. Those that are planted in the house of God shall flourish like a palm tree. Amen. You don't want to be a weeping willow. You want to be a palm tree that, that your branches go out and, and you know, you're, you're watered. And, you know, the thing about a palm tree is, I mean, we even have somebody in our, of course, it's fake, but we have somebody in our neighborhood, they have a couple palm trees. And uh, if they were real, I'd, I'd be probably tempted to get one myself. But, well, it wouldn't be a temptation. I'd just go get one, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but what happens with that palm tree is it goes way down. And it, it, it gets that nourishment and that water. See, that's what happens when you're planted. And it's a sad thing when you see people uproot themselves. Now, who's ever planted something and, and you thought it wasn't growing? Is it still alive and you dug it up? Anyone ever done that? Okay. You know, what, what's going to happen is that thing's never going to, if you keep digging it up, it's never going to grow. You're never going to get fruit off of it, are you? And so that's why we're planted in the things of God. Don't let things come against you. Don't let anything sway you. Well, you know, that church is such and such. Well, you know, I, I'm sorry that's what you, you know, your experience, but I'm going to serve God. You know, well, I don't like the way the pastor does something. Well, praise the Lord, we're, we're happy with, you know, don't let anything sway you from getting what God has for you. Amen. Amen. That's any, any realm of life. And so 
we need to understand how God communicates with us to, lead, to live the Spirit-led life. We need to understand how He communicates with us and understand actually the nature of man. So I want to share just for a few minutes this morning about man and eternal spirit. Man and eternal spirit. Look over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, say that five times. 5.23. So go to Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. Chapter 5. I'm going to back up to verse 19. He says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, Paul tells us about the threefold nature of man. That man is a spirit being. He's not a, just a physical being. He's a, a spiritual being. He has a soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that only the Word of God can discern can cut, it can differentiate between the soul and the spirit. Now, it's much easier to, to differentiate the body. Why? Because we have the body with us. You br who brought their flesh with them? Just pinch your neighbor. <laughs> A couple of people said, hey, stop. <laughs> That's your flesh. But the soul and spirit, they're, they're so interwoven together, only the Word of God can discern that. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. But man is an eternal spirit, and the thing about it, spirits never die. Spirits will never die. Amen. You know, there's, there's different views that people have that are unscriptural, wrong views. When it comes to eternal life, eternal death, you know, one of them is this, that annihilationism. So they just think, well, when you're dead, you're just, even some cults will teach us, when you're dead, you're dead like a dog. You know, what do they mean by that? As, as wonderful, you know, as a, an animal, they have a soul. Of course, their body, but they're not a spirit being. But isn't it amazing what, what God's created and how that, that animal can then think, you know, they can feel, they can express happiness and, you know, they can definitely be sad. You know, you can, they go through the whole gamut of emotions in, in a whole day, you know. You know, especially we have like a five-month-old puppy and, you know, if if... When the boys have gone back to school now, he can see he's, he's like sad. And when we come home and Liam would say, buddy, and his, his tail, you better watch out because you might get hit really hard with that thing. It just is going like this fast the whole time, you know. But see, we are the only class of being in the class of God because we are created in his image. What does that mean? We're creating the likeness of God. We are spirit beings. When God created us, he created us as a speaking spirit. So we see that God spoke, that God created things. We are created in the same image to where we, we look, why do we, why is God like us? Or why are we like him? Because both of them, 
We're created in the same image as Him. Why do we act like God? Why is God like, like us? Because we're created in the same image. We can speak. Hallelujah. That's not the kids' church subwoofers, by the way. That's... <laughs> But one of the other things is, you know, people believe in things like soul sleep. But, you know, the soul never sleeps. There is no soul sleep where, you know, your spirit, you're just going to die and you're just going to float into the cosmic nothingness. Your spirit is always alive. Now, it may be not alive unto God, but it is, it's still functioning. You know, and then people believe in purgatory. That, you know, you, you die and you're in like this holding place. But the sad thing is people think they're, they're going to get out one day. Maybe they've been in, in hell for many years and they think, well, I'm paying for my sins. I'm going to get out. But there is no getting out. But here Paul says, for me to depart and to be with Christ is a little bit better. <laughs> no, he said it's far better. It's a lot better than being here. It's far better to depart and be with him. But we know that the ungodly will depart as well and go to an eternal damnation, judgment, and hell. But that's why man must make a choice. So I want you to look in in Luke chapter 16. So we're talking about man and eternal spirit. If we're going to understand that God leads us, first of all, we have to understand that God speaks to us, but God speaks to the man on the inside. He deals with the inward man. Luke chapter 16. Look in verse 19. Jesus says, there was a certain rich man. Now, when he says there was a certain, this is not just a parable. He's talking about something that actually happened. There was a certain man. A rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes. Being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So the thing we're establishing is the fact that man is an eternal spirit. Man is not just a, a, a mind. Man is not just a physical body. And so look what happened here he, in verse 21. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So what, what did they do? They carried his spirit into and I want you to understand this. Your spirit, man, has a spirit body. You're not just like a mist. You're not just a, something floating around. You, you actually, now we, and we understand that when our, if the Lord tarries longer and we die, then our body will be put in the grave. Our spirit will be the Lord. But there's coming a day when those two are going to come back together. Yeah. It's called uh, the rapture of the church. It's called um, a glo- having a glorified body. It'll be this body glorified. People say, well, you know, I don't want this old body. Well, when God glorifies it, you'll be happy with it. I I can rest assured. Amen. (laughs) 
But it, he was carried the, by the angels into Abraham's bosom. It says the rich man also died and was buried and in hell. He lit up his eyes. So his body's up there in the grave. But he, his, in, the inward man is in hell being in torment and he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water then cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things and Lazarus evil things. Now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides this, and he goes on to talk about, you know, you can't pass over. But here's the thing I want you to understand as well. You know, people think about the mind. You know, we're not a mind. We're a spirit. We have a mind. But your mind is part of your soul, which is also eternal. You will forever have your, your mind. And so, you know, people say, well, well, I'll know people when I get to heaven. Well, do you know them right now? Well, you're going to know them there. And so, notice what he tells him. He says, son, remember. So, his mind, people think, well, the brain is the mind. No, you're, if you surgically removed your brain, you still have your mind. You just couldn't have it function through the physical body because you had to have that organ to to have it function, you know, it's just like this. There's people that through different things that have happened, they can't, there's, there's no connection between their speaking and their, their mind. Maybe they have an accident or whatever. But those same people that can't speak a word, they get filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak in other tongues. Why? Because it's coming out of your spirit. <laughs> it's a spirit connection. So, but he tells him, he says, son, remember. So your, your, your mind and your soul is part, his, his brain is up there in the grave. But his mind, the real part of his mind is with the real you. And he says, son, remember. And then he goes on and he says, you know, hey, send, send these, uh, my, you know, send those to my brothers because I don't want them to come in here in this uh, place of torment. He said, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. So notice, there is an eternal man, even in this example, one was in Abraham's bosom, which in the Old Testament, you had the same proximity for heaven and hell. There was no going to heaven. But now, in the New Testament, now believers go up and unbelievers go down to what's called uh, hell, a place of torment. So... Paul in the New Testament says this. He calls the, the man on this side the inward man. Everyone say inward man. Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart. And so that's what it means when we say to believe with the heart. We say that a lot. I believe in my heart. But you know, as a believer, that's where faith really is. Faith is of the heart. Faith is of the spirit. It's not of the mind. I believe with my heart. And so one of the things we have to realize is more than just that phrase, I believe with the heart, yes, it's the inward man, but also it means I believe regardless of the circumstances. I believe apart from what my physical senses tell me. Who's ever believed the Word of God and the, the senses tell you something totally different? Oh, man, 
I believe I receive my healing. <laughs> you know, and just, oh, I believe I receive it. You know, and then you're still, you have this, the malady in your body, the infirmity in your body. But see, that's what faith really is. Why? Because faith looks not at the things which are seen, the things that are not seen. I mean, that's one of the, the truest things of faith. Faith is not moved by the circumstances. Faith is not moved by sight. Hallelujah. And so even when we, we believe with the inward man, we believe apart from what our senses tell us. We believe, believe the word of God above all. Amen. And see, that's when you need to shout even more. Well, I can't see it. Well, that's when you need to shout even more about the fact that I believe God. Just like in the book of Acts, we see that in chapter 27, the angel spoke to um, Paul and said, Paul, every one of the people, they have to stay with you, but they'll be safe. He got them. He said, sirs, the angel of the Lord appeared to me and he said, sirs, I believe God that shall be even as it was told me. And, and there was no loss of the life because they stayed with Paul. Hallelujah. But Proverbs 3 and verse 5 tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not to your own understanding. How do we believe God? We believe God with our heart. If you shall say into the mountain, be removed, be thou cast in the sea, it shall not, what? Doubt in your heart. If you look over in um, chapter, if you still have Luke 16, look in verse 7, chapter 17. Jesus telling the disciples about forgiveness. And you know what they said? They said, you know, hey, uh, Lord, we, um, we have to forgive seven times. And I think Peter thought, you know, he was doing something real big. Lord, even up to seven times. Jesus said, no, not just seven, but 70 times seven. 490 times in one day. I forgive you. 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 Let's have lunch. I forgive you. I forgive you. And see, that's what the Lord. Here's what the apostles said unto the Lord in verse five. Increase our faith. When the Lord said, you have to forgive 490 times in one day, he says, oh God, increase my faith. <laughs> if the Lord tells you you have to forgive somebody more than five times, most people say, I don't have the faith for that. But no, you forgive. How do you, for, you know, you have to forgive by faith many times. Why? Because you don't feel like it. You feel like letting them have it, don't you? Okay, you're in church. You're going to say amen. You feel like letting somebody have it telling them off and repenting later. That's what people feel like. Everybody looking at me like, no, pastor, I never feel like that. <laughs> but Jesus goes on to say, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say into the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it should obey you. So notice, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds, you might say, be plucked up and be um, cast into the sea. Other, uh, Mark 11 says, and you don't doubt in your heart. But if you believe the things you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. But I want you to look over at uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20.
How many think that being led by the Spirit is much higher way that we can live? But it also, just like any other thing of the Lord, it doesn't just fall on you. <laughs> well, you know, if it just fell on me and, you know, I would take it. But there's some things that you have to actually um, develop in. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27 says this. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, in the margin of my Bible, it says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, what we might say is a flashlight. So what does that mean? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What do we think of candle or a light? To guide us. To give us direction. What is he saying? God's going to use your spirit to guide you in the affairs of life. God... More than likely, he can give you a vision. He can give you any kind of supernatural thing. We see in the book of Acts that angels appeared to people. Go down to Gaza, telling Philip. We see others um, go down and see Peter in Acts chapter 10. Tells Cornelius that. Go, go to Peter and tell him and, and he'll uh, give you words that you might be saved. But a lot of times we read that. And the book of Acts is not just something that happened over five years. It was many years. And to say that these things happened every day in the life of the believer, that's not accurate. Why? Because we, we live a supernatural life, but they didn't see angels every day. They didn't wake up in the morning and, oh, hello, angel, and, and have Cheerios together. You know, and so if, if you meet somebody that they're having, you know, they see angels two or three times a week, and they have an out-of-body experience every other month, get away from them. Amen. Amen. That, that's, that's borderline of, of, that's beyond just supernatural. That's, that's weird. I'm not saying God can't do supernatural things, but go back to the Bible. These things happen sometimes one or two times in these people's lives. And if you lived and died and never saw an angel, it doesn't mean there was anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean that, you know, there was something that, you know, I must not be spiritual. It just meant that God maybe didn't see fit for you to to have that. Why? Because you're walking by faith, and if you're doing good, He'll let you know. He'll let you know if you need something else. And I think a lot of people just need to, to just go, you know, and just relax because... They, they work themselves up just trying to get to this super spiritual place because, you know, I, I need to hear God. You know, the first place we're going to hear God is in, his, in the Word of God. That's right. And then we're going to be led by the Spirit. And we'll get into this and maybe here in the weeks to come, but led by the Spirit, the inner witness. Here we said in Romans, the inward witness, the inward voice, the more authoritative voice of the Spirit of God. We see guidance through visions. We see guidance through angels. But if we don't understand that God speaks to us in the spirit man, then we'll always just be looking out here in the, 
in the natural. We'll be looking out here like, God, some way, somehow, speak to me, you know. Just give me a sign. Just like, I mean, it was like the battle cry of the Christian. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Give me a sign, Lord. You know, when you read Gideon, he, he, that's what he said. He put out this fleece and he said, Lord, just show me. And he says, okay, that, that was good. Now I'm going to reverse it. And, and um, if you read the whole account, what he said, and he said, okay, if it's you, then show me this sign. Show me this sign. People always want, Lord, just confirm that word. He may confirm it or he may not. You know, here's the thing. We have the right to claim that God will lead us in life, but we don't have the right to claim how he does it. Lord, use that person. Lord, um, have this happen. He may, it may happen or it may not. But we always can claim that God will lead us in the right way. So the spirit of man is the lamp, the candle, the flashlight of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And then just over in Psalm 18. Hallelujah. Who wants to be led more and more by the Holy Ghost? He'll lead you in the right place. He'll lead you. He won't lead you astray. See, you'll never go wrong following the Holy Ghost. You'll never go wrong following what the Spirit of God puts on the inside of you. But if you don't know it's Him, then, then you won't follow that. You won't have confidence in that, and you won't have the assurance to step out. Psalm 18, in verse 28. For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So notice he says, for you will light my candle. And once again, this, in the margin, the same word lamp. You will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So if God's going to speak, if God's going to illuminate something to you, if something's going to stand out to you, where is it going to be enlightened? In your mind? Are you going to have a hot flash or a cold flash? Is it going to be just something you, you feel? Well, I just, I felt goosebumps. You may or you may not. But what the Lord's going to enlighten is your spirit. There's going to be something go, you know, have you ever just been reading the Bible and something like, whoa, something just shines at you and you look at it, it's like, man, I never saw that before. What happened is the Lord enlightened that to you. It illuminated to your mind. It may have been there the whole time. I mean, it, it has been there for 2,000 years, and you just never saw it. So you will light my candle. So the Lord is going to lighten me on the inside, and he's going to enlighten my darkness. Now, that's what untruth, that's what lies are all part of darkness. So when you have that, when you have anything that's not of the truth of God, it's darkness to you. I mean, confusion is darkness. Who's ever just had confusion about something you didn't know? Lord, which way do I go? See, that's darkness. And so the Lord will enlighten that darkness. And, you know, you can just speak that by faith. It's a lot better than just speaking, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So you want to ask, how long have you been saying that? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Begin to say, I know his voice. And a stranger's voice, I will not follow. I, I'm, I'm his sheep. Bah. Lord, speak, and I will hear. 
I'm your sheep and I hear your voice. Even if you don't even feel like it. Even if you feel like, man, my, my mind is, is tired. And, and, you know, even if you feel all those things, you just say, Lord, I, I thank you that I hear your voice. And you, God's looking for that faith response. And what happened is he'll begin to illuminate your mind. He'll illuminate your, give direction to your spirit. And that's what happens is it comes from the spirit, but it floats up to your mind. You know, many times you don't even know how you know it. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. I just know on the inside. You know, even an unsaved person, (coughs) their spirit knows things many times. I remember hearing a story many years ago. This, This boy, he was like 18 years old, 18, 19, and had a little boy, and he, um, that morning he got, he was going to get on a motorcycle and go somewhere. And he turned to his mom and said, mom, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to have this. And it was a picture of he and his little boy, you know, just a few months old. Got out, went on a motorcycle and got killed that morning. Why did he, how did he know that? Because something on the inside was, he knew something on the inside. Now, here's the thing. As a Christian, we should know to stop and pray. If you get something, don't just barrel through. Stop and pray. You know, many years ago, I also heard a, a minister say that he was, he was going to speak at this uh, full gospel businessman's convention. And he said that as he was going, he... Um, you know, sometimes we use this in, in the world. They say, you have a hunch. You just have a, a knowing. Who's ever heard that? You know, just, I have a feeling about something. Well, this minister said he was going to speak. And he said, you know, in his words, he said it was almost kind of like um, every other banquet. They serve roast beef. And he said the roast beef tastes like it was dipped in kerosene. And so <laughs> here they are going and have this. He was going to be the main speaker. But... As they're going to the meeting, he said he put his seatbelt on. He said he never did that. So his wife said, what's wrong? And uh, said, well, you know, I don't know. I just had the sensation that someone was thrown out of the car and thought it might have been us. So he did, but he didn't stop. He said, I was so busy and I didn't pray. So he said he went to the meeting. And uh, anyway, they were going to speak. He had that again as they're going to the I think they were like in Kansas City. They were going up to the meeting, and he had been from Oklahoma to Kansas City. And as they're there, he had the same sensation a second time. He put his seatbelt on. His wife said, why are you doing that? I don't know. And it just and it started to rain. He said, I just felt like you know, someone was thrown out of a vehicle and thought it may have been us. He said, but I was so busy, I didn't stop to pray. And this, this was Kenneth Hagin, Sr., that said this. And so he said that he got a call when he got from his son, Pastor, you know, Kenneth Hagin Jr. He got up there and long distance phone call and said, um, your niece, Anne, has had an accident. They don't expect her to live. And um, anyway, he, he said, we, think, we talk about the times we listen, but there's times we haven't listened. And he said, what happened? He said, I knew that's what God was telling me. She was, I, I think back in Texas, it was raining, had a storm. She went through the windshield, 
And what did happen? She died and left three kids. She was 25 years old. And so that's what we should do when we have something on the inside is know to stop and to pray. Lord, why am I getting this? I mean, I could tell you story after story about different ones. Um, one more just comes to mind, but this one farmer, he was on the, on the farm, and here at 5 a.m. in the morning, he's going to feed the chickens, feed the cows and different things. And he just stopped and went back in. And the wife said, what's wrong? He looked white as a ghost. said, I don't know. And his daughter's name was Blanche. Said, I don't know, but Blanche's life is in trouble. She and her, Blanche's, um, so her, his daughter and son-in-law were missionaries in another country, in Africa. And they said, um, he said, I don't know, but I need to pray. He kneels down and starts to pray. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You know, you hear all the noise of the barnyard. They're like, they're cackling and, and they're, they're hungry. They haven't been fed. 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11, 12, 1, 2 p.m. This man, 82 years old, gets up off the, off the floor and says, well, whatever it is, we got it, and starts laughing. See, that's how you know when you quit praying is when you have the victory, is when you start having a release and you start laughing. There's a laughter in the spirit. There's a joy. There's a lightness. You know, people that are always saying, well, you know, I'm an intercessor and they always have a long face. That's, that's not right. Why? You, you can be an intercessor, but you, you pray through till you have the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't just always have a long face. Well, I'm just, I'm just carrying the burdens of others. No, you're not, you're not going to be a help to you or your family or anybody. If you carry, you know, people cannot even be priests in the old covenant if they were under depression. Why? Because what's in the people will come, what's in the minister will come to the people. And what people, what the minister does in, in little, people will do in excess. Amen. So anyway, this brother gets up. He says, whatever it is, we got it. And see, you know, he didn't know anything else. He didn't have a vision. He didn't have anything else. But they compared notes. And this was many, many years ago. They compared notes and took diaries. And at the very time he said, he got up and said, oh, that's it. She had had this tropical fever that was deadly. And they said, you know, she's dead, she's gone. She immediately rose up. Right at that same time that the brother said, oh, that's it, we got it. But, you know, a lot of times, what if, that's why we have to understand there's many different kinds of prayer. What if he had just prayed the prayer of faith and said, Lord, whatever it is, I ask you to take care of it in Jesus' name. Well, that would have not have worked in that situation. Why? Because the prayer of intercession is a different kind of prayer. But suffice it to say, he got that just because he had something on the inside. Something, something's not right. The Lord dealt with him in his spirit. And as believers, what do we do? We pray about it. We don't just barrel through and we just say, okay, let's see what happens. No, we, let's pray about it. Let's stop and say, Father, you know, I have a check about this. What if I'm going to make a decision and I have an uneasiness? Don't do it. Don't do it. Amen. Don't go forward and barrel through. Well, I'm just going to believe that God will take care of me. Well, he is taking care of you by telling you, don't do it. Hallelujah. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to 
uh, protection. You can't separate protection from the leading of the Spirit. You can't just confess the Word when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and expected Word. Well, the Lord, I have a feeling that I shouldn't go on that trip, but I'm just going to go anyway and just confess the 91st Psalm. Well, you know, the Lord is protecting you by telling you to, to sit at the house. He's saying, stay at the house and just take a nap. Amen. You know, some of the most spiritual things you could do sometimes is just take a nap. Amen. So if you want to be led by the Spirit, then we need to know where He's going to speak to us. And I want to, I want to say this because it's so important. Don't ever seek voices. Don't seek voices in your attempt to hear from God. You know, sometimes people want to hear from God so much, and it's like, Lord, just speak to me. But never just seek voices. Why? Because it's, it's about a knowing. It's a witness. You know, people, I can tell you this story too. You know, there's, there's people who have lost their mind because of seeking voices. Back many years ago, evangelist Oral Roberts, he was holding a tent meeting. And he told the crowd that God had spoke to him in an audible voice. To him, it was audible. But what this person didn't realize is that he, this lady that was there, that he was not seeking a voice. He was not there saying, God, speak to me in a voice. And so here she was. She went to seeking voices, and it, it drove her insane. Why? Because demons were, were influencing her. And so don't ever seek voices. I'm reminded of another story that I heard a minister say along that line. He was dealing with this one lady, and, uh, you know, she could hold a conversation, but uh, she wanted to hear these voices. And she was going back, and she was, uh, had been in institutional care as well. And she knew everything that the, the preacher was saying. And said, sister, you, wanna, you want those spirits, don't you? She said, yeah, I want to hear these voices. I said, well, whatever you want to be free, then you just come see me. But she liked hearing those voices. So, so just learn just to seek God and let him speak to you any way that he will. Amen. Amen. If it's just you open up your Bible and, and the Lord shows you a verse. But I said all that to say this. All must line up with the word of God. Any leading, any guidance that you get or you think you're getting from the Lord must be examined in the light of God's Word. The B-I-B-L-E, the, that's the book for me. Amen. So what do I do to be in a place to hear God? What can I do? Number one, realize that I'm a spirit being. So before we talk about the inner witness, before we talk about being led, we're talking about the fact that we are a spirit. Realize I am a spirit being. Say this, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. John G. Lake used to look in the mirror and said, he'd say, God's living in that man. God's living in that man. 
I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. I mean, that's what Wigglesworth would say. And then, of course, look what he did in his ministry. I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside. So realize I'm a spirit being. And then number two, this is a great key, is you need to feed your spirit. Just like many of you, as soon as we get, we're, get through with this service, what are we going to do? We're going to go feed the outer man, right? We know some of you are going to fast and pray for the rest of the week. But, but most of us are going to go, we're going to eat a meal. We're going to feed the outer man. Well, we're feeding the inner man right now. So how do you feed the inner man? By the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So one of the biggest keys to being able to hear from God is to have your spirit built up. Built up. The Bible talks about the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. If you want to to let your spirit man get strong, read your chapter. I mean, read read the book of Philippians for dessert. You know, read read your chapter. Read the book of Genesis. Read the Exodus. Just read it. You know what? What's one of the biggest keys to help reading your Bible? I mean, the kids even know that, right? Read your Bible. Pray every day and grow. You read, neglect your Bible. Forget to pray and you shrink. But here's the thing. Unlike your natural man, if you, you'll eventually die if you don't eat. Eventually you'll die. Especially if you don't drink something. But you don't just die. The spirit man doesn't just die. He just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And what happens is the flesh gets stronger and stronger. So the flesh says, hey, I want to do this. Way from in the, in the bottom recesses, you'll hear, no, don't do it. Why? Because your spirit is just so weak. But as you begin to feed your spirit on God's word, you read your chapter, you, you exercise your spirit by speaking the word, by praising and worshiping God, by speaking in tongues. And, you know, speaking in tongues is also a very good way if you want to be more aware of your spirit. Why? Because Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. The Amplified says this, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So that's why, even as I said, if you, someone who's had like damage and nerve damage, they can speak in tongues, but they can't speak in English. Why? Because they're the connection, the motor connection, but it's coming out of the inside. You know, I heard someone was in a surgery one time, and uh, I mean, I've heard this any number of times, people be under anesthetic and just be speaking in tongues, be singing in the spirit. Don't you know that'll freak the normal doctor out? <laughs> Try to come in there and give them a shot or something. They're already under anesthetic, but you can't give the Holy Ghost a shot. <laughs> so feed your spirit and feed your spirit well. That's why I come to church, listen to whatever God leads you to listen to. Read your own Bible. And then number three, as we said, pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost helps remind you that it's my spirit praying that I'm a spirit man. And then number four, walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit. As I walk in the fruit, what is the fruit of the Spirit? 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against us there is no law. And the Bible says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. But what happens is, if our, if our spirit man is not in control, the flesh voice is so much louder. Who's, who's ever had, it's okay to raise your hand, who's ever had the, the flesh voice just screaming? I mean, even if you want to do something, you want to do what's right, the flesh man is, is, is he's like, I'm going to have my say. But here's the good thing. Even if something has tormented you, even if something has got a stronghold, you starve it. How do I get victory in my life over the flesh? You starve the wrong things, and you feed the right things. Amen. When something comes that's wrong, you just cut it off. You get out of there. You shut it off. You starve it. See, desire is a lot like a stray cat. You know, if a stray cat come up to your house and, and, and came up and meow and, and you said, okay, Mr. Kitty, um, you can't stay here, but then you take out a gourmet cat food and, and you put it there. And the second day that cat comes back, say, Kitty, you can't, you can't stay, but here, here's another can of gourmet cat food. That's your cat. And so what's going to happen is that cat, you're going to keep feeding it. And then six months later, it's 40 pounds sitting on your chest. And you say, kitty, you got to go. Well, quit feeding it. Amen. See, that's the way wrong desires are. They come and we either feed them or we starve them. I don't care what it is. I don't care what desire it is. You can name any desire. Anything that's just the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Cut it off. Starve it. Cut it off, and what happened? The Lord will heal it up. Amen. I mean, I can, I can testify. You, you just starve things. And, I, you know, even it's like, even things that are good things and legitimate things, sometimes it's good just to put them aside for a little bit. I'm not saying you might not watch, what, you don't have to put away TV forever. Just put it away for a week. We'll see how, how your flesh cries out. You know, some people, their hobbies, some people, their sports, some people, their cars. I mean, you put the, put the car in the garage, put that sports car in the garage for a week. Man, some people, their, their flesh will cry. It'll scream. Put, put all your, your, your hobbies away for a week. Boy, the flesh will just cry, won't it? But that's good for you. That's good for you. And that's why fasting is good, because fasting helps you realize not just your physical hunger, but your spiritual hunger. Amen. And so as we begin to walk in the fruit of the Spirit more and more, we let love come out. What is that doing? That's developing my spirit. And anything that I can do to develop my spirit is going to help me hear God in my spirit. Can you say amen? That's why praise and worship is good. Praise and worship is developing my spirit. And, and anything I can do to be more conscious, anything I can do to crucify the flesh, to kill the flesh. I mean, when you look at the Bible, it's really blatant. Crucify, mortify, kill, put to death, subdue. Amen. Not your neighbors, your own. Yeah, I'm going to crucify their flesh for them. No, you crucify your own. 
<laughs> the Bible never said you tame someone else. The Bible said you tame your own tongue. The Bible never says that, that you fight someone else's lust. It said you kill the ones that's trying to be in your own members. You crucified. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to go back to our text. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. So I know that God wants to have us on a path to where we are more spirit led than we ever have. Amen. And it's not some, some realm where you're just like floating out there. Yeah, I'm just led by the spirit. No, it's just led by the spirit to walk in love. You know, you actually don't have to have the spirit of God tell you to walk in love. But, but when you feel the pressure of the flesh. And you know, that's what temptation is. Temptation is pressure on the flesh. You know, people wonder, like, am I tempted to do something? Well, is there pressure to do something? You know, it's like, like pushing down. You know, your flesh will want you to do something. You're just like, I mean, you just, sometimes you just have to, you have to do like Joseph. You have to get out. You have to run. I, I got to get out of here. I mean, I got to go somewhere. Amen. That's why I said some of the most spiritual things you do Hey, come with us. Go over here. Let's do this. No, I think I'm going to take a nap today. Amen. And, and, and the Lord protects you. And the Lord keeps you. Well, I don't want them to think that I'm... Don't matter what they think. What's the Lord think? What's the Lord think about you? Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Lord, we just thank you right now for the leading of your spirit. Father, I just thank you right now. That as a people, we will be more spirit-led than we ever have. Lord, that we will know what is you. That we will know what is the Spirit of God. And Father, it starts with the understanding of the eternal man. Thank you, Lord, that as we study your word, Lord, I thank you that you light our candle. Lord, you light the inward man. That the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Thank you, Father, that as we grow in you, that we'll grow in knowing your voice. We'll grow in knowing your spirit. We'll grow in knowing what is actually you. We'll grow in knowing what is you and what's the flesh. What is not of you. What is just us. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, that we will be more spirit-led than ever. And we give you glory. We give you honor.